every one of you who confesses Jesus as Lord of the universe signs up for a significance beyond anything you ever dreamed. And I mean business men and women here, homemakers, students, to belong to Jesus is to embrace the nations. Your heart was made for this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Made for Missions podcast, where our heart is to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. For more information, go to my website at mikefalkenstein.com. That's Mike Falkenstein, F-A-L-K-E-N-S-T-I-N-E.com. Thanks for joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the 34th episode of the Made for Missions podcast. I am one of your hosts, Mike Falkenstein, and I'm here again with Ken Watmore. And Ken, I know that you've got the big news because you've been talking about kind of your your new little one coming and it sounds like everything turned out great. Yes, we have a new baby girl, Morgan Elizabeth Watmore. She's just wonderful. And Isn't that great? Everybody's healthy and uh, doing fantastic. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's Thank really you. cool. Thanks. That's really great. So, Ken, as we've been talking about this latest episode, I thought what we could do today is uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the ministry that I've been directing for the last almost 12 years. And in particular, you know, let's just call it a two-year process, really the last two years. God really has been doing some pretty cool things in terms of changing the nature of our ministry and our focus just a touch is I've been telling people, you know, if we were, if we were headed in one direction, let's just call it North, we're just now going, kind of going, you know, we're still going North. It's just kind of more Northwest. I mean, we're still (laughs) kind of going in the same general direction, you know, but we're, we've changed things a little bit. And so, so I thought I did, we could just take this episode and talk about sort of what we've been doing with our ministry, what we're going to be doing. And, you know, this relates to the Made for Missions podcast and our, and our hope to mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission, because we're really integrating that ministry into the greater, you know, kind of new effort. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think uh, it's good to go through this because I I can, I can ask you a few questions to kind of share you know, where, where you were, why the change and, mm. you know, and where you're going. Uh, and then you can talk to us about a few things. So I'm going to swipe the mic from you for a little bit. Okay, great. Uh, and play host to, to ask you and, and have our listeners hear kind of a, maybe some things that, that might be questions they would have and they can't just pick up the phone and get in touch with you every second of the day, but they can always listen to the podcast and hear you know, what the ministry is going to be all about. Um, That's but right. I think all of us would want to know a little bit more about, you know, maybe give us a background of what China Resource Center was and then into the transition over the last couple of years into where we're going. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So as anyone who's been following what we've been doing knows, you know, for most of my ministry career, I've had a heart to impact China for Christ. And so, and so that's taken a number of forms, everything from, you know, international student ministry with Chinese students to, you know, we've actually lived in China and did was doing full-time language study. And then that's when, you know, when we lived in China was when we began to learn about the needs of the church in rural China, in particular, their need for Bibles in rural areas, 
you know, talking to pastors who were telling us that they were baptizing 500 new believers a year. And gosh, you can imagine being a rural pastor and, Mm -hmm. you know, now you've got 500 new believers, all of which need Bibles and training. And some of them feel called into full-time ministry of their own. And so they're starting new churches. And so they need church buildings. And, you know, the good news story behind that is that with those projects that we have been doing with China Resource Center, we can almost say kind of job well done. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's been not only our ministry, but then, you know, we've trained two other ministries to do Bible distribution. We've run into a couple of others who've, who've met, who've been meeting the need. And so slowly we've been, we've been actually beginning to meet the need for Bibles in rural China. And so, yeah, for the last couple of years, we've been beginning to ask the Lord kind of what was next sort of in that process, you know, there was a, sort of a continual theme, and it really sort of hi- was highlighted when we did a a postcard campaign for our church building project and beginning to learn, you know, we were sending postcards out to churches in, in America, mm-hmm. the idea being, hey, come join us in this heart, what we were calling the heart-to-heart sister church partnership, and just how few churches actually were doing much as it relates to sort of Great Commission missions type work. Mm -hmm. And so it was sort of like going back to the Lord and going back to the Bible and trying to figure out, you know, uh, either what I thought the Bible said about the Great Commission was wrong, or, you know, just a lot of churches in the West were beginning to really kind of miss the miss the point of the purpose of a lot of this, right? So, so then a year ago, uh, starting the MikeFalkenstein.com website as sort of a personal project, this podcast being a part of that to mm-hmm. mobilize Christians towards the Great Commission. And so really what happened was the projects in China began to sort of wind down, uh, obviously still having some relationships and expertise in China. We were going, you know, Lord, what was it that you wanted us to do? Bring in then kind of an emphasis on the Great Commission, Mm-hmm. And obviously all of this that you and I have been talking about with the podcast sure. for forever and really bringing those th- two things together to the point where we're actually, we've, we've developed a new mission statement, which is we exist to mobilize and equip, equip Christians toward great commission fulfillment, seeing God use us globally to finish the work of the great commission. So really that's our part to say, boy, we, boy, we both feel like we want to train Western Christians to find how it is that God wants to use them in Great Commission work, which again, as you and I have talked about, that could just be locally, doesn't have to be globally. Since we do have some expertise overseas, you know, we've put in this second half, seeing God use us globally to finish the work of the Great Commission. So Mm -hmm. at least as it relates to China, you know, that might be some Bible translation, that's, you know, some theological training, you know, there's some, there's some projects that we can talk about, but that's at least kind of the background and what God's done over the last couple of years. Oh yeah. So with the, with that, I mean, obviously it's not, it's not a complete draw away. Like you said, we're not going North just alone. We're going Northwest. So maybe it's taking what you were doing and adding some other yes. cool dynamics to it. Yeah, I think, I think so yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. So before, obviously you talked about Bible distribution, building churches and things like that. Now I know also, and you and I have talked about it before, but you, you wrote a book called The Chinese Puzzle. Yes. The idea was to, to have people understand a little bit better about what the 
maybe the Western world didn't exactly see what was going on in China mm-hmm. uh, the same as as you on the ground. The boots on the ground were seeing what was going on in China. Yeah, that's right. So with that, having spoke about that, having written about it and taught, um, moving into your new ministry model, tell us about some of the projects, because I know part of those are going to be some real great commission type teaching experiences. Yes. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, right. So in, I, you know, we've not started on the new website for the new ministry, uh, which by the way, we are sort of dialoguing with a bunch of people to help us sort of come up with a new name. <laughs> so we are going to actually be renaming the ministry. Mm. Part of that is uh, just that, you know, we want to, while our ex- my expertise has always been in China, you know, I feel God calling towards some other other things, maybe in other countries, or some models of some things that we're doing that we can use, but in other countries. But yeah, so on the new website, I can already sort of see it uh, in my mind where we'll have sort of a at home section uh, for our projects and abroad section for our our projects. And so at home, you know, we're really talking about what we're calling first steps training the short version of first steps to great commission fulfillment training. And that's a very simple, what is the great commission? What does it mean to you? And what are some ways that you can kind of, again, some first steps that you can begin to get Mm -hmm. involved. And that for those that have been listening to the podcast for a while, really those first steps are just what we may call the art of neighboring, Mm. right? And this engage 13 that we've been talking about and yeah, you don't have to, there's nothing magical as we've said a million times about uh, buying a plane ticket, you right. know, in terms of great commission work, you can begin to doing that right where, right on the street where you live. And so that's sort of the, sort of the at home part will continue the MikeFalkenstein.com website and the, the, the podcast and the blog, and that'll just become a part of the bigger sort of ministry. And then abroad, I'm really excited. So we've got, you know, the... Of the three projects that we first heard about when we when we started China Resource Center, shortly after we'd actually lived in China, there was Bible distribution, church building, and theological training in rural China. And probably of those three, the the, the remaining need is theological training in rural China. And so the church in China, simply put, in rural areas is the type of church you've heard about before where it's kind of an inch deep and a mile wide. Mm. So... You know, that's where some areas where we see some, you know, heretical teaching, we see some things that, you know, we shouldn't be seeing, you know, they definitely need to gain a depth in their understanding of the Bible and hermeneutics and Mm -hmm. apologetics. So, you know, but that's always been a thing we've just never done much of because, you know, the, the theological training we've tried before, you either are sending Western pastors to rural China and just inevitably, I mean, despite their best efforts, the so just there are things that get lost in translation because mm. you, you need translators. None of those people know English, right? And so, right. and then we've tried to recruit Chinese pastors who are living in the U.S. to go. And for one reason or another, they're just not all that interested, which you would think Chinese pastors would love to, the opportunity to go back to their own country. So, so we've kind of sat on that and kind of in sync with our new ministry focus, there have been some things that have happened. And the kind of the long story short, on one end, Dallas Theological Seminary, who, you know, probably what one of the top 10 seminaries in the world, sure. they have their MDiv, their Master of Divinity program, online completely, an online course, and now translated into Chinese. 
Oh, wow. And so someone in Beijing can get a Dallas MDiv, you know, from their apartment in Beijing. Amazing. Uh, of course, in our, our context of rural China, you know, they don't need MDiv level. In fact, just a couple of weeks ago, I was in Dallas and talking to the, 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 the seminary guys and they said, yeah, this is, you need a, you need a bachelor's degree first. This is true, uh, master's level type stuff. Sure. But they, I asked them, I said, well, if, if we came to you with a course list for what they would need in rural China, could you reduce the content to, to just fit, you know, these rural pastors and these rural people. And they said, oh, we'd love to do it. And so, so we've got kind of the already the online content that's been translated into Chinese. Last December, the president of China, Xi Jinping, announced that the Chinese government at the national level is committing $22 billion wow. to make sure that every rural village in China between now and 2020 has basic broadband internet. So now all of a sudden, you know, we can begin to stream the content to rural China, right? And so really, I mean, it's a, it's a very, very low cost type deal, right? Because as long as there's internet that goes out to these places, you know, then we can, we can begin to, you know, set up a training center, which is essentially rural church, some of which we've already helped to build, big screen TV, computer to receive the content, and, uh, and some speakers, and maybe an administrator to the, mm -hmm. you know, the training center. And all of a sudden, it gives us a, a really cool new way to deliver the content. And because it's online, they just stream it whenever they're ready. Hmm. So they want to have a 6 a.m. class or the 7 p.m. class. And whenever they want to set up their classes, they can set it up themselves. So so that's the one I'm really excited about because that's kind of in my wheelhouse, right? So sure. figuring out in these rural areas, uh, okay, I don't know how we're going to do this, but maybe it's just my, my, my spiritual gift of faith. It's like, well, God's able and God wants to do it. So let's figure out how to do it. So, right. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's that, there's that, uh, neat opportunity. Kind of the second really international project I'm excited about is, and it meets the mission statement of seeing God use us globally to finish the work. Well, in China, there are about 350 people groups in China that both have no portion of scripture in their language and uh, they don't traditionally speak the national language of Mandarin Chinese. So mm. these are really unreached people groups. And so we've been working together with the good folks at Wycliffe Bible Translators to learn how to, how to do Bible translation. Again, going out in these rural areas, these villages where there are no roads, that's kind of my my deal. That's where I really come alive. So I'm really excited about working together with them to begin some Bible translation projects. And then the final one is kind of a little outside of our, our wheelhouse a little. You know, there's uh, just a couple years ago, began praying about the country of North Korea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all hear these awful stories about what's happening there. I mean, really, if there's anywhere in the world that we need to see Jesus you know, come into a society. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's North Korea, right? Sure, sure. And so the originally I was thinking that we might be able to parlay some of our experience in China, particularly working with the registered church, because actually, believe it or not, North Korea also has a registered church. 
And so it's sort of like, you know, approaching them and saying, hey, we've, a lot of, we've had a lot of experience in your neighboring country. Is there anything we could do to serve you? The trouble with that, or at least the, the thing that'll, that'll take some time is North Korea is so closed that like you and I, we couldn't just buy a ticket to the capital of North right. Korea. You actually have to, you know, go with a tour group and have like a minder that's t- watching what you do and what, you know, you're only allowed to take certain pictures of certain things and whatnot. Sure. But there's a privately owned and privately run uh, university actually in the capital of North Korea called the Pyongyang University of Science and Technology. And so, and this university is, is openly and actively recruiting people to come and serve in North Korea. Well, all of a sudden then you have some access to North Korean students and, you know, it feels very much like when we first started in China where, yeah, there's not a ton we could do, but we can go and teach English. And that was mm-hmm. the big thing everyone was doing in China, right? And so, because at first it just kind of gave you that first contact, Right. And so, boy, if there's any open door, even a small one, you know, we want to, we know, we want to run through it. So we want to be able to recruit people. We want to go ourselves. Again, there's not a lot of active sharing that you can do at this point, but boy, as an opportunity to get some kind of salt and light in that place, you know, we're, uh, we're sure excited to do it. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, well, we've got I've got a couple more questions to ask you, but let's take a quick break. Okay. And then when we come back, just maybe we'll talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of the ministry uh, and maybe what the model looks like for funding and for your board and things like that, because those are important questions to answer. Okay, so. great. Thanks, Ken. Hi, Tom Muller again. I'm often stricken by the passion of the missionaries of the 1800s. They had a clear understanding of the Great Commission command and their responsibility to obey. Listen to a couple of these quotes from these missionary heroes. Hudson Taylor, the first Western missionary to go into the inland provinces of China. The Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It is a command to be obeyed. Or how about Henry Martin, missionary to India and Persia? The Spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions The nearer we get to Him, the more intensely missionary we become. It is the same spirit that Mike Falkenstein and the Made for Missions team brings to their calling to mobilize Christians toward the Great Commission. For those who want to join Mike and the team with that same zeal, I would encourage you to visit MikeFalkenstein.com and peruse the website and join Mike and his team and mobilizing Christians toward the Great Commission. Well, welcome back. We are sitting here with Mike Falkenstein, now talking about what the changes from his old ministry model were and are, moving Mm. into a new approach, uh, a new dynamic in his ministry, and really interesting how you can take almost like you could see where God would have built the foundation for what you want to do now by using you in the China Resource Center before. Yeah, uh, right. Everything you did before laid the groundwork for the the way you can expand into this new territory, which is awesome. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, the mission always, of course, is fulfilling the Great Commission and That's helping, right. helping 
others learn how they can fulfill the Great Commission and empowering them to do so. That's um, right. And that doesn't, that's here at home first, um, or maybe not first, but in conjunction with being able to do that in these areas that you've already started to impact with Bible distribution and church building and things like that. That's right. So it's getting people out, uh, equipping them and empowering them to share the gospel of Christ and to, you know, reach the reach these unreached people groups that are still out there as well and kind of continue to communicate with people about how they can be one feel like they're readily available to share the gospel and not be afraid of it mm-hmm. um, to be free to expand from their neighborhood into other areas in the world uh, see right. opportunities to do that and you know and engage in them actively and boldly like this potential North Korea That's opportunity right. mm-hmm. um with all that, I mean, that's a lot of stuff, and there, I know there's even more to it, um, but with all that, I mean, how do you, you know, we've we've both been involved in ministry, you for a really long time, and with a, with a real big ministry, with a big ministry budget, me and a real small, you know, kind of ministry with a real mm. small budget, but... Um, but you know, we both know it takes a lot That's to right. to make those things run. Yeah, but they both um, need to be funded. They right? both need to be funded. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, there's there's new approaches to funding, and that's um, right. And which is, I think, refreshing for both us as people who have been in ministry, mm-hmm. and it's it's refreshing probably for the person who's supported ministries before too, because this new thing that you're going to talk about now is kind of exciting in the way it works. Yeah, it really is, and it's fun. Been fun to see how God has really led us towards these new funding models. So sort of long story short, you know, we've got a lot of ministry friends and uh, ministry partners in Houston, Texas, and all of this started about a year ago or so, maybe even a little longer than that, where, you know, these, these donors, many of these guys that are oil and gas guys who, Mm -hmm. you know, have quite a bit of funding to, to contribute to, to people began to realize you know, maybe the Apostle Paul, when he talked about actually being a tent maker, mm-hmm. you know, uh, was on to something, right? So, uh, so, uh, so what they've started to do is they started to, was to approach me and they, they, they said, Mike, is there anything you can do in sort of a tent making capacity where we could contribute to what you're doing one time? The idea being it's kind of a kingdom minded and we're investing in a business or in a, you know, one idea that one friend had was, you know, with all this travel I've done to China, well, maybe you could do some kind of an adventure travel company in China and take people there and whatnot. And, uh, you know, the idea being, boy, we'd love to give you $10,000 once, invest it in a business that then's generating a regular income. Mm rather than 10 grand a year that you're burning up and using. And, you know, time and time again, I'm hearing from other ministry leaders that this, what we would call kind of a a traditional model where, you know, the ministry leaders are are solely responsible 100% to raise the money for that is just breaking down. And I think part of it's the, yeah, that, that, that would probably be a whole podcast episode of its own, but kind of sh- short story, Part of it's just the amount of 501c3 organizations is growing. Mm. Uh, Probably the the amount of money is probably staying the same, you know, so eventually there's just not enough money to go around, right? right? Part of it is I think donors are getting weary of, uh, again, as we said, giving over and over and over and, you know, the the organization not being self-sustainable, right? I mean, if we don't have enough 
you know, uh, funds. We just don't get to do what we want to do. And so, uh, so now we've, we've, we know in her personally, we have contact with two other organizations that have done something like this. So in one case, a ministry called Global Connections International here also in South Denver, they are um, asking their donors to contribute to uh, actually investing in uh, commercial real estate. So you know, actually office buildings. So the idea being that let's say you give 50 grand, we need 10 of those people to meet the down payment of a office building. Those people that are investing in the actual office building you know, they own real, a real percentage of a real office building. So if it was ever sold or whatever, they'd get the, 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 the right. profit from that. Uh, but then in this case with Global Connections International, the, their director told me that, that, that it was producing about $50,000 a year for their organization. So then now they're going, gosh, what else could we do? You know, office mm-hmm. parks or RV parks or boat storage or, you know, yeah. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that are relatively easy to do and then you know generates income and then so for that ministry that's 50 grand that otherwise they'd have to raise right uh, the other quick example is my friend Dudley Callison president of a ministry called Christian Associates they've just leased 8000 square feet in a town center office building kind of a deal in a, another city here called Inglewood and they're going to do sort of a uh, kind of a shared office collaborative workspace kind of a deal. Mm. And they, they estimate, in fact, we just went to the grand opening a few nights ago and uh, they estimate that that'll be a, a generate a somewhere between a hundred and $150,000 for their ministry, which again is just money that they would have had to raise otherwise. Right. So they're kind of going, yeah. And it, it actually meets some of their goals of what they want to do as a ministry in terms of, you know, uh, reaching out to non-believers and, you know, I mean, it, it, it meets some other goals as well. So sure. we're still praying about kind of how God wants us to do that, but certainly, yeah, I, I'm really excited about it because certainly, you know, there are some neat ways I think that we could, you know, get some money from these, some of these other kingdom minded investing ideas that we would have to raise otherwise. Sure. Sure. I, well, I know it sounds exciting and I've also looked into, you know, some different groups that do similar things. And I'm always amazed at how much um, they can bring to the table, not just from funds, but you know, new ideas, right? They just yeah. transform the way you think about it. And, and you that's do right. actually impact the community around you in addition to contributing to the ministry. Yeah, that's so. right. Pretty cool. Yeah, um, it is cool. You know, with that, obviously, people have to make decisions on what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And I know you pray about it and you look for God's guidance on that first and foremost. And um, But you have other people that do that with you and you have a board when you have Yeah, that's ministry. right. So with your board of directors, I know that you've been kind of, you've, you've got some people and you've been building your board up. That's right. What is the, what's different about what how your board used to work and how the board is uh, going to work now? You know, probably of these four or five areas we've talked about you know the board will will stay mostly the same uh, we've been using something called the policy governance model of uh, board governance which kind of long story short what I like about it is that it really does to dis- distinguish uh, the CEO's role versus the board's role how those mm-hmm. are different you know there's no question about who's 
who who's going to make the decision about certain things. Right. It's all laid out in these policies, and I mean, it takes some time to, to to develop, but once you get it developed, it's pretty cool. Probably the one difference is that you know in the past. We've had board members that have been friends of mine and people that we've known, and they've served honorably very, very, very well. But it's really always known that it's kind of been Mike's ministry, mm-hmm. and we're just kind of there to help. Where I, I've really been praying about people, because I've seen board members with other ministries before that have just, yeah, this, are, this is my ministry too. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just kind of really sold out to yeah. that idea. And, of course, that just makes a huge difference when you've got people that are just skin in the game, hands-on type people. So yeah. so I've been targeting people that I know have a real heart for the Great Commission and, you know, may even want to do some of this training together or work on some of these projects. And it's hard because obviously people are always so busy and mm-hmm. whatnot, but what we've been asking people is even just a couple of two or three hours a week if you have the time. Sure. You know, and and just the attitude of, yeah, I'm not on staff here, but I'm a board member and I, yeah, I, I want to just, I'm kind of the full heart, I'm full hearted into it, you know, so. Right. Well, and I think that's super important. I mean, having, for for me, my only board experience was in a school system where mm. my kids were before we pulled them out and homeschooled. Um, nothing against the school. It was just oh, right. that we felt called by God to do that. But at the time, I get that because I wasn't a board member because I felt like I could, uh, that I just wanted to be in some kind of governance role with the school. I actually became a board member because I figured, you know, if you're going to, if your kids are going to be educated somewhere, you have to be involved and be involved at every opportunity. So I wanted to be on the board so I could be involved in the things that impacted my kids and other kids in the school. Oh, right. And, and, and kind of be part of the decision makers that kept everything on track. Right. That, that mm. was important to me. And, you know, and especially in the education system now, right. That's yeah, that's right. Super important. But I think mm-hmm. in ministry, when you look at board members who are, who feel like they're really a part of it, who yeah. feel like they really, they want to be hands-on, they want to go learn and train and do the things that you're doing. Um, so they're not just, you know, in a meeting, you know, once a quarter or whatever, um, helping make decisions, but they're actually involved in the different projects that you, that you do. I think that's uh, super important. And I think it'll really give a, give a great look to the ministry and a great feel to the ministry and you'll have more people in, you know, making an impact. Uh, yeah. We're excited. So I'm really excited. Really cool. Yeah. Well, uh, we, this time went by very quickly, Yeah, um, it did. So I, but I do want to make sure that why don't you go through real quick, just again, how people can continue to be in touch with you yes. to continue to follow what you're doing in the progression of these changes so that we make sure that nobody misses, especially like you've got something coming up here pretty quick here locally. And I know I'm going to guess that you'll do this in different places as well, but this yeah. training for, you know, great commission work here uh, locally and, and even abroad, I'm looking forward to this first one that I'm going to go join you with. Okay, great. Um, so yeah, why don't you just tell us a little bit more about those things? Okay, great. Uh, so, so yeah, in terms of kind of the these are our first steps in terms of you know really playing out and uh, working out the the new mission statement but we do have in this uh, at home category that I just mentioned a training session here in the Denver area so for those that are interested we're just calling it the first steps to great commission fulfillment training uh, the short version just first steps training and it's at our home church here in uh, Centennial in South Denver and so if you're interested in learning more about that, feel free to just get in touch with us via the really either website, but you can just go to mikefalkenstein.com and go to the contact us 
page and we'd love to get you that information if you want to bring some people from your church yeah we've we've got plenty of room so you can bring 10 people and and we'd love to do that so uh sort of generally if you want to keep up with this uh changes of our ministry you know we're uh doing a monthly newsletter now um which is just a one-page letter that just sort of month by month is describing the details of that changes and so if you go to chinaresourcecenter.org i believe there's on our website there's a a, a link where you can sign up for the uh, newsletter directly. Um, so you can do that as well. Obviously, Ken, for both of us, we're on Twitter, so we'd love to hear from people. I'm at Missions Mike, and you are at Ken Watmore. So, yeah, so there's plenty of ways for people to get in touch with us. Fantastic. Well, thank you for sharing today. Yeah, thanks uh, for I think it's really important that as we do these podcasts, we talk a lot about the Great Commission and uh, that, I mean, that's the purpose of them, right? Right. The fulfillment of such. Right. Um, But to to be able to kind of get to, I think this helps us get to know you a little bit better Mm. uh, in your heart, uh, in addition to knowing what kind of ministry work you're doing outside of just this podcast that we do. All right. Thanks. So thank you for sharing with us. And for today, that will wrap for us. And thank you for joining us. And we look forward to hearing from you on Twitter and uh, having you tune in to the next made for missions podcast and we'll see you or hear you or talk to you then thanks everyone (laughs)